This week's podcast brought to you by Bouffants. Getting off the plane today, we've landed. The ding has happened. You can take off your seatbelt, stand up. I hope you've landed getting off the plane today. <laughs> stand up, get your luggage. We've talked a long time ago about aisle sealers in church. Yeah. What about the aisle sealers on airplanes? I just want to get my bag down and, and get ready so that when they open the door, I can get off the plane. And there's always the guy who sta- gets his bag, stands in the aisle in a way where you can't get out of yours. If you moved a little this way, moved a little that way, you could then also stand up. Nope. And it's almost always exclusively men. So aisle sealer, airplane, not a fan. And made worse, you had a guy on the window who left the shade down in turbulence. That's a monster. That's a monster. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. You did a lot of house cleaning the other day while I was playing my first half round of golf in several years. Took our son out on the golf course. He had a blast. His favorite part, of course, was getting to drive the cart. But um, Oh, did is... he get to drive the cart? I didn't even know oh, yeah, that. He, he, well, he had to drive the cart when when I wasn't uh, when we didn't hit the ball in the same place. But um, he did he did he did learn a, a um, an ancient golf burn and he used it several times, which was uh, I'll drop you off on the way to my ball if he'd uh, outdriven me. We've been to the range a bunch of times, but uh, it was the first time he's actually played around with with your dad. His and how grandpa. was that? You got you was first fantastic. time you've ever played a round of golf with one it of was, your children. It was great. I mean, it was we, we've gone to the range a bunch of times. As I said, I had putting contests. I knew he could drive the ball, but um, it, it, it was I didn't know he could drive the cart. And I told him several times, things going to top out at like six miles an hour. You can put the gas all the way down, but he would still kind of have us lurching down the fairway. Well, but the I reason mean, I mentioned – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, you're a good father. You brought your son golfing. Let him drive the cart. I am the mother who brought our daughter to get her permit, which is exactly a week ago today. On, or on yes, her 16th Yesterday birthday. that she got it and haven't taken her driving once since she's gotten her permit. Well, so you're being a better father right now than no, I'm being a mother. You were being a good mother because, as I say, I, I spent two hours on the golf course – not in a scramble, and they got semi-competitive around for the first time in two or three years. And I only got three or four texts from you during those two hours talking about all of the house cleaning you were doing and uh, the mounting frustrations with some of the uh, offspring. But uh, but the only reason I brought all this was up was because this is sort of a house cleaning, housekeeping episode of Ball and Chain Podcast. I've got my Ann B. Davis Alice, the housekeeper, uh, uniform on. You can attest to that. Sure, yeah. You're even wearing my French maid uniform. Yeah, your Alice wig, Alice the big wig, bouffant. Yeah. Think that'll ever come back? The is it the beehive bouff bouffant bouffant? What's the, the difference between a beehive and a bouffant? Bouffant is the right word. Yeah, right? bouffant is is a beehive. I think I don't think it, it's not French for beehive, think but it'll it, ever it's come French back. though. It's a it's a Doctor Siegel of that word bouffant. Do you think it'll ever come back? And and even better, do you think it would ever come back as a hair a uh, uh, a trendy hairstyle for men. 
the two most famous bouffants that I can think of. And, and, and let's devote this podcast now. Forget what I said about housekeeping. This is this is a, an all bouffant. Uh, yes. Uh, is uh, um, uh, Marge Simpson, of course. Oh, of course. And everybody in the far side comic strip. All the women had cat eye glasses and bouffants. Did they? Well, not all of that. them, but, but many of them. My, we, when I was a kid, I don't know if it was my dad or my mom or me, because this is what happens to your memory as you get older, but someone in our house had the far side daily calendar the little square one and you'd rip, you'd rip it off every day. And, uh, and then you'd get to a point where you forgot about it and you'd go someday over there and like rip off 22 cartoons in a row so you could catch up. So good. Do those, do people still make those calendars? Those things were great. Yeah. Those calendars still exist. We've gotten them for people for Christmas, but I'm saying far side. Oh no. Well, Gary Larson's not still cranking out the far side. The, they're timeless. I think he's reclusive. Is he reclusive or is um, uh, well, a lot of those guys are reclusive. Berk, Berkeley Breathed or whatever the guy's name is who did uh, Bloom County. I don't know. Are they known to be reclusive? I think they're known to be reclusive. Yeah. Reclu- this is this. You know, could get them out a, of their reclusivity would be if the Beehive or the Buffon the, came uh, back as a hairstyle. The Netflix series documentary now with the hilarious Fred Armisen and. Um, and others did an episode. They're fake documentaries. I did an episode where they were searching for a Gary Larson-like, uh, far side-like uh, cartoonist who was reclusive, and uh, and it, w- it was funny. But bouffant of a person's hair styled so as to puff out in a rounded shape. Example: a blonde lady with bouffant hair. Of course, it was a blonde, and it was a lady. And then noun: a bouffant hairstyle. We backcombed her hair into a bob-shaped bouffant. Bob-shaped bouffant. Do people have any idea, like, when you have hair and it's backcombed, how difficult it then becomes to, like, brush it out? Because backcomb is like, you know, you pull it up by the roots, you're, like, backcombing it. It's how you get some um, some lift to your do. And, uh, and then spray it and stuff. And then to then get that clean and in a way that you can brush it easily is is challenging the google image search of the bouffant hairstyle is is uh, hilarious by the way is march simpsons one of no, the first that I mean, comes the, up the, there's some crazy uh, oh, back from from, from, yes. from 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 the wild but um but anyway what was i talking about house housekeeping house cleaning housekeeping because we have a few we have odds and ends bits and bobs but you know what but that brought i was i had totally forgotten about taking our daughter to get her permit but now that I mentioned it, there's a story. Is it, would this be an okay time to tell that sure. story? What? So the night before her birthday, we, we, months ago, we made the appointment for her permit test at a place in Connecticut where it's not a regular DMV. It's a DMV where all they do are permit tests. So the good thing about going there is they tend to be on time versus a regular DMV who yeah, I've had friends go there and they wait with their kids for a considerable amount of time. So we have this appointment the night before. I've got the list out of the documents you have to bring. We've got her original birth certificate, her social security card, her uh, her passport, and I've got my license. And then we just need two pieces of mail addressed to her uh, at our home address, which can be a little challenging because most of our mail goes to a P.O. box. Except that as a high school junior to be, she is now getting inundated with whatever mailing list they put you on for college, college. searches and yes. things. So on my desk, I have two uh, birthday cards from family in Minnesota. Perfect. I put those in the little folder. And then you come over and say, you know, 
those could be written by anybody. Like those don't look official here. Here are two of the college right. that- forms that are printed out by a computer, look official, her name, address, we're good. I, I, I mansplains to you that any idiot could write uh, their own kid's address of course. in an envelope, send it to a mailbox, pick it up, and then use it as- Of course they could. Anybody could do that. All right. So we're all set. So the, the, the DMV that we're going to is about an hour away. We leave- Plenty of time. We get there 20 minutes early. We go inside. No line. I said, all right, she's here for appointment. Give them the forms. Uh, and we've talked about this before with the birth certificate because it's got the seal and everything. That's the one that's hard, hardest to replace. So, you know, we've got that everything. And the woman looks at the mail and said, um, this piece doesn't have a date stamp on it. The date on it has to be in the last 90 days. The other one does have a date stamp. So the other we know one, that she was no, the, the other one didn't have a date stamp, but you opened the letter and inside was a, or you opened the envelope and inside was a letter that was dated December of 2021. So you could have written a letter and dated it that, that day and put it in the envelope? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So she says to me, but she's a minor. So you, she's saying to me, you have your license, which I did. She said, so if you have any piece of mail with your name and address- in the car, dated in the last 90 days. It's a That'll sca- work. It's a scavenger hunt. It's let's make a deal. It's, do you yes. have an egg, a matchbook, and yeah. a three-hole punch? If, if you do, then you can get your driver's license. So I may have let out an expletive because I was not very happy about this at all. I go to the car and I search everything. I search the glove box. Like literally, if we had a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon with my name and a home address on it, and we must be that would have worked. Must be the only people in America who didn't. Right. Exactly. There's nothing in the car except I finally find in my basketball bag dated less than a month ago, my certification that I I passed the NCAA requirement to coach AAU basketball. It's got my name. It's got our home address. It's got my, uh, it's got the date on it. So I go inside. I said, this might be a long shot, but this is what I've got. And the woman looked at it and she's like, nah, we can't accept that. It has to be something that comes through the mail. And I said, all right. I said, do you have a printer? Because in my inbox of my email, I have a document with all these things. But how absurd that it has to come through the U.S. mail. Anything it, can go through the mail. Why, absurd. Why? Absurd. So then one of the women there is trying to be helpful because she sees our daughter on her birthday, just like horrified that this is going to happen. I am getting angry. I mean, I kept my stuff together, but, I'm, but obviously I'm a little bit heated. And... Um, and she said, well, if you can get your insurance company to send over your declarations page with your home address, we can accept that. And then another woman said, um, you know, do you have a, a banking account at X bank? And I said, actually, yeah. And she said, well, there's one of those just up the street. You could go there and get a recent statement and that would work too. And then the other woman said, the insurance page will be faster. So I go outside. But, I but call it involved her. the word fax, right? Yes. I, yes. And you have to ask your insurance page. Company to fax the declarations page to this number. If not, there's a Western Union office down the street, and they can set up a telegram. So, of course, I'm going to try to do anything, and and, and they put a time limit on it because I'm thinking, all right, I'll just call you. You're an hour away. You'll drive the envelopes down. The, the, they, the they, time they, limit was just for their entertainment. Yeah, they said we're booked the entire day, um, so it, this needs to get done in the next 20 to 25 minutes. So I'm out in the call car calling our insurance company. They're saying they faxed the document. I go inside, the document's not being received. And uh, and then I call the insurance company back. I'm on hold. 
daughter and I get in the car. All right, forget this. We're going to go up the street to the close bank and get the statement. Well, it's like 20 minutes. No, not quite 20. I'd say 10 minutes away. So we drive up to the bank. We go in. They could not have been more helpful. They said, oh, this happens all the time. They print out the bank statement with the name and address on it. Now, keep in mind that... If it happens all the time, why is this your system? Right. Keep So while we were still at the DMV, the, the, there's a girl who came in, a teenager, I'm assuming, also turning 16. She got turned away because her mail wasn't correct. This young man came in and, and he got turned away because the woman said, no, it can't be a receipt. It has to be a piece of mail. And, uh, and, I, and my heart really went out to him because he, he was having a hard time understanding her because uh, Spanish was his primary language. And eventually she was able to give him the, the uh, paperwork or whatever and, in, in and Spanish. It, and it's a labyrinth that you're going of their own design yes. that isn't designed for you to get your permit. It's but, designed for you just to hit these marks. And, and the, the, the absurdity of it for me was this. I had a license issued by the Connecticut DMV, which is where I was, with my current address on it. But that wasn't enough. They needed a Bed Bath & Beyond or a, a handwritten note or a newspaper or something with my home address on it because their government-issued ID wasn't enough. I needed a second form. Okay, so we get it and, from the and, bank. And most absurdly, we have to tell people, you were wearing your orange Basketball Hall of Fame blazer. <laughs> no, I wasn't. And just pointing at your face. Right. As a form of ID. Right. My Basketball Hall of Fame ring is so big, I could have held that up in front of my face and it would have framed it. So I drove back. And again, the, the one woman was trying to be helpful. She knew she was caught in this bureaucracy because I said to her, I said, do you have a printer? I have an email right here from the insurance company with the information you need. I, if I can just print it, I can hand it to you. No, we don't have a printer. Of course they had a printer. They're just not going to use it. We get back there. Maybe it was low on toner. <laughs> we get back there an hour after the original appointment, so well past the 20 minutes. And of course they could take our daughter because they've been sending everybody else away who came. So when they said, you know, we're booked for the day, yeah, for the moment, I would, while we were there. You're booked with people who can't fulfill the- Yes. While we were there, including our daughter, 75% of the people who, who came in got turned away. Three of the four. So, of course, you had room. Anyway, when they said, all right, you know, we can take her in when the, the bank statement was enough, I just looked at her and said, don't you dare fail this permit test. So she got her permit and uh, I haven't taken her driving. But I tell you this with 100% certainty. When I take our son to get his permit, I will make sure we bring a birthday card or some bogus whatever piece of mail that is date stamped in the last 90 days written out to him there will not be a, a letter out of place because my or, or or a letter to me since since my government issued license isn't enough well we've covered a uh, beehives bouffants and the uh the ct dmv uh a few things that we needed to get to that we haven't gotten to in previous episodes. First, I want to thank Ted from the Lower East Side. At our, in our, not the Upper East Side, not the Lower. There's no, not even a Lower West Side, is there? No, no, there's, there's, there's a, there's a Lower and Upper everything. 
but it's not but, called, but it's not called that. that. No, of course not. But the, um, but in our mail, in our viewer mail, actual physical mail uh, from a Ted from Lori is um, crazy socks from John's crazy socks dot com. And they're uh, Swedish fish, two pair of Swedish fish socks. Can awesome. I say if 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 Ed from the Lower East Side had written that envelope out to me at our at our home address, I don't think it came to our home address, but if he had, that would have been accepted and, at the DMB. The, the crazy socks and, and John's crazy socks. By the way, this is not a, any kind of a tie-in or anything, but he he sent them to us. They're wonderful. John's crazy socks is a father-son venture inspired by co-founder John Lee Cronin. A young man with Down syndrome, John's affinity for crazy socks paired with his love of making people smile made our mission clear. We want to spread happiness through socks. And these socks have made us happy, Rebecca. They have. At some point, you will post these. Maybe you'll wear these. Uh, I'll certainly wear I'll, these. I'll post it. I've got, to, um, I've got to post a couple of things from the last couple but of podcasts. He knew your love too. of, of uh, Swedish fish. And, um, and our kids actually get crazy sock day at school. So it all came together. Another thing that I had a note that's just been sitting in my phone. Now I can delete it. Is... Dustbusters. Um, uh, we were talking about vacuum. Well, we were talking um, uh, about analog things, rotary phones, and how do we get places without GPS? And I said, "Remember? Do you remember? Um, uh, you know, when the little boxes that um, you know people had in their cars to detect when police were up ahead on on the highway, and you referred to them as dustbusters." And I said, no, they were <laughs> right, called right, right. fuzzbusters. Fuzz yeah, yeah, yeah. Dustbusters were the handheld vacuum, right? Yes. To, to help to, to clean your car. Of We've course, got yeah. one, but it's not under that name. Uh, so dustbusters and fuzzbusters. I can delete that note. We've got beehives, bouffants, dustbusters, fuzzbusters. And um, and we have uh, a backlog of viewer mail. So that's what we really need to get to because we only have 30 minutes for this podcast. So um, unless you have anything else to, to say, let's let's get to viewer mail, shall we? We shall. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your pure mail. Okay, so we've got this uh, backlog of your mail. Uh, we didn't get to all of it last week. We left off with Phil's uh, favorite craft beers. He also had a um, uh, reviewed uh, the 30 for 30. And uh, we appreciate that, Phil. Um, let's get now to um, Nancy. Dear Rebecca and Steve, please, all caps, give a shout out to my youngest sisters who happen to be twins for their all caps birthday on Monday, August 1st. Oh, oh Rebecca. Oh, my gosh. What a, bad, what a bad week to have cut off uh, viewer mail. I'm That's so sorry. Anyway, uh, Nancy, we are giving a big shout out now. We early, are. We hope it. Two weeks late or 50 or weeks early. very early, exactly. To her youngest, her twin sisters. Uh, you know them best as the Christmas Eve candle extinguisher neighbor and her twin, resident author of The Kids Drank Pickle Juice, published in 2009. Happy birthday, Carrie Smith even, and Marty Smith Bird from the oldest of the five Smith ladies, Nancy Smith, the last name K-N-E-E-S-E. -E. You pronounce that, Rebecca. Niece? Yes. Knees? Niece. Niece. I think I, I'm with you. Many thanks from a completionist and longtime fan, Nancy. How nice of you. Well, what we could have given at least one of them for their birthday, if we had read this in time and known in time, instead of a shout out, we could have just kept our dogs in all day and um, kept them from barking. Well, I will say that um, 
our dogs this morning were barking like crazy. In you were in Chicago, you just called as we do this, the Great Liberty uh, Sky opening game playoff one. game. Mm-hmm. Um, but our dogs are barking like crazy this morning, and in our yard was a large, large turkey in our front yard. We've never, I've never had a turkey in our front yard before, and. Uh, before I saw that, I opened the door to let the dogs out, and and the turkey flew into a tree in uh, in our neighbor's yard, in in Carrie's yard, the 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 aforementioned uh, belated birthday girl's yard. So um, that's what had the dogs going crazy this morning was a was a wild turkey. All right, Rebecca, thank that's, you, Nancy. That's when you in your younger days, that's what had you going crazy as well. It's a little wild too much turkey, wild yes, turkey. exactly. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Russian, oh, the formality of it. Oh, this is from Julianne. How are you? I hope that your summer's been going well. It's been much too long since I have emailed, so this may touch upon some old topics best told in numbered list form. Julianne, of course, is our resident child listener slash kid reporter in Stratford, Connecticut. Hello, Julianne. Now I can completely put a face to a name. Because you've met met Julianne, of course. I met her. One, Mrs. Russian, it was great to see you at the Sun vs. Storm game last Thursday. The best part of my day was when I got to meet you after the game, although the game itself was a nail-biter. It was awesome getting to see all of the former Huskies playing, especially Sue Bird. I'm glad I was able to see her play in Connecticut one last time before she retires. And I asked Julianne's parents if it would be okay, because I took a picture with her at the game, if it would be okay if I posted it. So I'm sure uh, our viewers would love to see... Um, put a face to a name with a kid listener. So like I said, I've got a a number of pictures I've got to post on our Instagram and I'll get that done. Two, back in March, we attended a wedding in New Jersey. The hotel that we stayed in was in Neptune, AKA Juniper. (laughs) (laughs) When I heard you talking about it a few episodes ago, I immediately thought, wow, what a coincidence. I need to email in about this. That's crazy. Three, my mom and I are working on a 500 piece of double-sided puzzle. We've never done one of those. No. How does that even work? I don't know. You have to choose one side, obviously, right? And then you flip it over and it has – how do you flip it over Think and Think about the degree of difficulty. How do you know which side to oh, look at? Oh, it's nightmarish. Let's, let's, let's hear How it. do you know which side to look at let's, when let's you're hear. putting the pieces out? Both sides are beach-themed and it's very difficult because half the pieces are sand-colored and the other half are ocean-colored. At least the puzzle company gave us some help by making one of the sides matte and the other glossy. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, four, attached below is a photo of, of our illegal – in, in quotation marks, ball and chain podcast magnet with the troublesome red cross. The magnet has been on our fridge since the day I received it in the mail. And indeed, Rebecca, there is the contraband, a bootleg underground ball and chain fridge magnet. Mr. Russian and Mr. DGS will be happy to hear this. I enjoy watching Formula One. What? Julianne, fantastic. Earlier this morning, I watched part of the Hungarian Grand Prix with my dad. My favorite team is Mercedes, and my favorite driver is Lewis Hamilton. How, how incredible this is, is just that? just unbelievable. Dr. Siegel really is the, he's the hub of, of so many spokes now. He's, he's, he's all roads lead through uh, uh, suburban Atlanta. And Dr. Siegel, he, he's. He, what was his mic drop last week? I, I don't know. He said something. That. He said, yes, but. I can deliver a baby. Oh, that's true. That's so true. He that's, has, that's, his, that's his permanent it, mic drop. Yes. Six. And last, speaking from the point of view of a kid entering seventh grade, we have one of those. We do. I have not hidden any food in desks or behind books on a bookshelf or on a rooftop of an unassuming store. Uh, what was it? Who was throwing sandwiches on the roof of a, of a hardware store, right? Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, I usually have the same food for lunch each day, and it's something that I enjoy. Even if I didn't like it, I would just bring it home and tell my mom. Well... <laughs> That's where you're growing well, up you're well adjusted. Well and, your yeah, years, I mean, uh, that, not, that's not how I roll, Julianne. I was uh, terrified of, of bringing food home 
uneaten. Uh, lastly, thank you so much for keeping this podcast going. My parents and I love to listen and laugh along with you all the time. Sincerely, Julianne, your resident child listener slash kid reporter in Stratford, Connecticut. P.S. Rebecca. She doesn't say Rebecca, but I'm I'm adding the Rebecca here. Whenever you have another interview assignment for me, I'm ready for it. Okay, all right. Rebecca? Yes. So let's, uh, let's come up with an assignment. We need to get her a press credential for a uh, really do. Connecticut Sun or, or UConn game. Okay, well, Julianne hasn't hidden any food, but Susan uh, in Columbus uh, sends us a uh, Susan in Columbus. I think she's related to George in Columbus. You think she is? Let's see. Dear Rebecca and Steve, this is Mrs. George in Columbus. Look, you know AKA, what? she writes, Mrs. Monocle. Can you imagine if Mrs. Dr. Siegel started sending us emails? Well, as we know, fortunately, Mrs. DGS and Doesn't the rest listen. of the Siegel clan, yes, right. they can't, they can't, they can't they, 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 they're not only just apathetic to the podcast, they're, they're somewhat horrified. Actively by disengaged yeah. from, yeah, abso- yeah. Absolutely. But Mrs. Monocle, I wonder if she, I, I, I wonder what tolerance Mrs. Mrs. Uh, George in Columbus has for the annual pumpkin shipping. On dry ice. It's got to be both expensive and logistically challenging. Yeah, very true. Uh, I've enjoyed your podcast and appreciate the time I've gained while George carves pumpkins and writes to you. Uh, are there are there other? <laughs> okay. She, as, she, as she, it, writes, she writes, are there, are there other ball and chain crafts you'd recommend for him? That That is so perfect. Of course. I should know this. I am a married woman. I would love it too if I gained time because somebody else no, gave of course, you a hobby. Of course. So uh, it, this has been our pleasure. <laughs> I think. I think, Mrs. George. Um, uh, Mrs. Maybe we should have Julianne. Mrs. Mrs. Ball and Chain would, would enjoy. George. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then that would, uh, that would, you know, might be good for her. She could learn more about monocles and other things, and 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 Mrs. George would have. <laughs> A few extra minutes to do whatever she pleases. So Mrs. George writes, your recent podcast regarding kids hiding food reminded me of some friends from middle school. The two sisters were required to finish their meals, but were allowed to do so in front of the television. The older sister found that the end table drawer next to the family room sofa was a great repository for unfinished sandwiches. (laughs) The end table drawer. That's disgusting. We have one of those and I'm going to check the drawer because usually it's just coasters and decks of cards, right? Yes. The younger sister noted this, and one Saturday morning, while watching cartoons, decided to use the drawer for her unfinished milk and cereal. Oh. <laughs> the mom walked by and noticed milk dripping from the drawer. Little sister quickly withdrew, leaving her older sister to take the blame for the hidden stash. I mean, just think about this, like, because of course, as parents, you you know, you want your kids to be healthy, and you know they have to eat good nutrients in order to be healthy. But why do we make our kids feel like, you know? You have to eat every last drop or or that they'll your get in only trouble if they don't. It. So your only option I, is to hide I it. just feel so much better that with the exception of Julianne, this is an almost universal impulse that kids have to hide their food. I, I never hid my food either. So I'm along with Julianne on this Your one, occasional but... lie lay discussions take me back to eighth grade. Our English teacher drilled that, that, that and some other correct usages into us to the point that throughout the ensuing years, I almost stutter when choosing between the lie between lie and lay. I often credited Mrs. X with this trauma, but was able to return the favor when George removed her cataracts prompted by me before the surgery he asked so mrs x are you lying there or laying there <laughs> uh, she was lying there by the way rebecca all the best susan and columbus susan that was fantastic rebecca imagine if we had a, a very special episode where we just heard from the these, these significant others our... or extended family of regular viewer mailers 
I, I think that would be perfect around the holiday oh, season. We, we must. Because uh, this is the second one, because the birthday wish was from a sister yeah, of a exactly. regular listener. We, we must uh, forge ahead here, though, because we, we cannot. Yes, uh, we can't be late. Dear Sir or Madam. No, I'm saying we can't We can't uh, shirk our, our viewer mail oh, responsibilities. Right, Dear Sir or Madam, uh, writes uh, Tom in Missouri. While I pause to consider the previously unforeseen prospect of a basketball Hall of Famer and one of the preeminent sports writers of this generation speculating about the size of my feet, let me say that New Balance does, in fact, make a size 12 and a half running shoe. See attached. And indeed, there is a photo attached. It is a perfect fit on my left foot and a smidge big on my apparently smaller right foot. I think it's very common to have a slightly smaller right foot. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, I'm not a podiatrist, as you know. You'll attest well, that I'm not. I don't a... think it has to be the right foot, but just no, 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 a slightly smaller one of them. No, no. The left foot is usually bigger because the heart is on the left side. That's what I've read. Seriously? That's what I've heard. Yeah. It's almost always the left foot. And what about, is that, is that the same with your hands? I don't know. I've never bought shoes for my hands. Have you ever bought gloves for your hands? <laughs> or oh, yeah. gloves for your feet, for that matter. Well, they do have those shoes that have, you know, that have And if there's like anyone at home who's like me, you have your two palms pressed together and checking to see if your hands indeed are the exact same oh, size as mine are. Okay. This, of course, calls to mind when SCTV did a panel show spoof called What's My Shoe Size? YouTube clip enclosed, Rebecca. Loved SCTV, which included Catherine O'Hara's Dorothy Kilgallen-inspired character asking, could your feet be used to propel a small seagoing vessel? That Rebecca does so well without asking any such questions is impressive. Dorothy Kilgallen, of course, from um, What's My Line? Uh, or not What's My Line? Uh, will the real so-and-so please stand up? You know, the... Slim Shady. Ah, forget it. I, I've, I've watched plenty of Dorothy Kilgallen. Uh, uh, my mind is turning to porridge, Rebecca. It also reminds me that our just-completed family vacation to Toronto. Uh, on that vacation, we went to the shoe museum there, and I was disappointed to find that nowhere in four floors of shoes were there even a mention of the Brannock device. Seems to me you can't celebrate shoes without celebrating the Brannock device. Rebecca, your thoughts on the Brannock device? The Brannock device is the one that- The metal steel foot. trap that you used to measure feet with oh. in the shoe store, and they just I, don't I used exist to love anymore. it as a kid. But My dad worked in a, shoe, in a shoe store in high school, I think, possibly in college, and uh, and used the Brannock device to uh, his heart's content. I remember as a kid, this was before you could measure your own foot. So you'd go to like the Tom McCann or whatever the shoe store was, and they would measure it for you. And then well, I remember it, by the time I got in high school, you could go to a store and, and measure it yourself. And it was like delightful. Delightful. This, of course, also reminds me that every time the subject of waiting rooms comes up on the podcast, writes Tom, I think of the line from Firesign Theater's The Adventures of Nick Danger, Third Eye, when the butler tells Nick, you may wait here in the sitting room, or you can sit here in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. uh, you can drive in the parkway, drive in the parkway, or park in the driveway. One of those deals, Rebecca. Right. It also reminds me that on our just completed, uh, I just read that bit. What am I doing? I, I, I've read these two out of order. Uh, this, of course, also reminds me that when we visited the Royal Botanical Gardens in Toronto, on the road to one of their gardens, we passed several signs reading turtle crossing. Alas, there was not a turtle in sight. We now have a turkey crossing, Rebecca. Lastly, and unrelated to any of this, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, was the scariest thing on television and terrified young me. Though on the bright side, it made it made a lasting fan of Darren McGavin, made me a lasting fan of Darren McGavin, who played Carl Kolchak, the great Darren McGavin. And yes, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, I can attest, along with Rod Serling's Night Gallery, were the two most terrifying things on TV in the, in the early 70s, Rebecca, when I was a little kid. Mark in Middleton, Wisconsin, writes, Steve, it can be done. In the achievements menu, the Quirtle folk dubbed this an eagle. That is, uh, we're talking Quirtle, and the, the eagle is uh, enclosed. He has done it in uh, four, five, six, and seven, I believe. Yes, four, five, no, I'm sorry, three, four, five, and six. 
then, so there, there you go. It can be done. I think I pulled one of those off. I, 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 we got one the other day in two, four, five, and six. So I don't know if that's a, a, a double eagle or what. Um, Mark says, no stats to share, but how about being the resident Virgo? I'm also a 922 birthday. He has the same birthday as I do. All right. So not only are you the resident Virgo, you can you can be the resident, uh, you can be the, the 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 person associated with the podcast whose birthday we will celebrate on September 22nd. We won't celebrate mine, Rebecca. We'll celebrate Mark's. Uh, Rebecca and Steve writes Rebecca L. Rebecca L. from Washington. Hello from the Evergreen State. Completionist here, but only an occasional correspondent. I write to perhaps resurrect a past podcast topic and the subject of one of Steve's essay articles from a couple of years ago, Paper Tickets. I was lucky enough to attend the last home Seattle Storm game of the regular season on Sunday with a group of friends and family where the franchise took full advantage of the opportunity to celebrate Sue Bird and her accomplishments over the past couple of decades. You were there, Rebecca, as was our 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty fantastic, and the thank you Sue chants during Holly's interview brought chills. Definitely miss seeing Bill Russell courtside. What was rest in peace? What was most special for me, however, was the fact that I was also in attendance at one of the first games Sue played in Seattle, even before her storm, storm days, a true bookend experience, minus this year's playoffs, of course. Do you know what? Uh, oh, back in 2000, UConn traveled out west to take on the University of Washington. I was about to ask that. Mm-hmm. When was the first time she played in Seattle? I was oh, in- that be- who would have been on the team that was from well, that area she, then? She says, I was in ninth grade, just beginning high school basketball. My parents were kind enough to plan a trip across the state to go to the game to see some of my favorite players play. Shea Ralph, Sue Bird, and Swin Cash. Uh, side note, I was unimpressed by the brand new freshman guard, but my mom said I should watch her because she was going to be really good someday. Of course, that freshman guard was Diana Taurasi. I'll always listen to mom. You know what? I'm, I'm looking it up and I, I thought this was mm-hmm. probably the case. Jessica Moore was on the team in that era and she was from Alaska. There you go. So that's probably why they went and played in Seattle. It was the grand reopening of Bank of America Arena at Heck, at Heck Edmondson Pavilion after a remodel. So there was there were commemorative tickets on each seat to mark the occasion. Well, I'm not sure if the real ticket stub is saved somewhere. The commemorative ticket is still a neat memento to hold on to. Sadly, in this era of electronic tickets, I didn't go home with a paper ticket stub from this stop on Bird's final flight to tuck in the plastic sleeve of the ticket from the first game. The attached photo of the ticket from 2000 at the 2022 game, complete with BNC contraband, will have to do. Uh, and indeed, there is an enclosed, uh, she's got it in a, in, a, in a case, which is pretty cool. And, and she has the uh, contraband BNC magnet uh, enclosed with it. I continue to enjoy the podcast, and I hope Rebecca and the rest of the ESPN team had safe and uneventful journeys home after Sunday's game. Sincerely, Rebecca L. from Washington. P.S. I know this matter is settled by now, but I just have to say from personal experience that trying to use a dry measuring cup to measure liquid ingredients is a big mess waiting to happen. You can do it, but be ready for a little extra cleanup. Oh, Rebecca. Rebecca L. is on Rebecca's L side on that. Uh, We still have, we we haven't gotten through the entire backlog, so we'll we'll save the last three or four, Rebecca, for next week's podcast, okay? Perfect, yes. And uh, unless we just get inundated with bouffant hairdo uh, viewer mail, then we should be able to squeeze it in on on a... on a fuller length podcast next week, right? But before you go, we got to get to Dr. Siegel, okay? Yes. Dr. Siegel writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, in an unusual change of pace this week, I listened to the podcast before the weekend, which is out of character for me. Normally, I finish all, all of daily news and political podcasts, the Formula One ones and the Sunday morning show podcast before saving the best for last. With Formula One on summer break, well, the ball and chain pod moved up the food chain. To keep this as compact as possible, colon, one, Thanks for fitting me in last week under extreme time constraints. I was humbled by having been included before others and know that you'll give every viewer's note its due. Uh, Dr. Seeker, you've jumped the queue again. Mm -hmm. Two, just as you had date night and saw Top Gun Maverick, so too did 
Mrs. DGS and I venture out for dinner into the local movie theater for the same movie, with Trader Joe's candy cleverly positioned in my wife's pocketbook. <laughs> we didn't bring our own candy. Now, unlike your trip to DC, we were able to stay f- local for our date. Next up, Emily the Criminal or 13 Lives on Amazon Prime. Three, Steve, your article on Vince Scully that was published shortly after he passed was a treat with one class act praising another. Uh, thank you, Dr. Siegel. At least one other sports writer shared virtually the exact anecdote of having received a call from Vince Scully. Like you, the other sports writer knew immediately who had called, and as did you, even without hearing Mr. Scully's polite self-identification and humility. I imagine that he got that reaction all the time. And in fact, I, I know he got that reaction all the time. Mm-hmm. For those viewers who want more of Vince Scully, I would suggest going to YouTube and listening to San Francisco broadcaster John Miller's imitations of him. They're a treat. I can attest to that as well. John hilariously imitated the Tokyo Giants broadcaster who was announcing a game in Japanese, imitating Vince Scully's tones and inflections. Four, a few personal notes. My sister went to college at 18 years of age. I take out the trash unless my wife beats me to it or if the cleaning lady has already done it. I almost always clean the kitchen after dinner. I I, I was about to say same here, but I I, I I I worry that you will scoff at that, Rebecca. You help and you always offer. Well, I, I, would I just say, don't always take you up on your. If offer. there were say a hundred nights a year when you're not here, then I do a hundred percent of oh, those that's, nights. That's true. Five reading glasses. In my early forties, I went to progressive lenses so that I could see well enough to thread surgical suture onto a needle. On the other hand, Mrs. DGS sneakily pulled a pulled out a pair of reading glasses one night when we were in a nice restaurant with mood lighting. While reviewing the menu, she pulled out what I thought was a lipstick case, and she never touches her up her lipstick, and produced some very slick looking readers. Shocked a bit, I said, "When did you get those?" Well, her nice reading glasses soon were lost forever when we rode the Maid of the Mist under Niagara Falls a few weeks later after having dropped our daughter off at Hamilton College in New York State. A viewer tip for visiting Niagara Falls, hair and makeup aren't really going to last too long as well. It's pretty wet. It's pretty wet there. As, comma, well, comma, it's pretty wet there. Six, while it's still summer break in Formula One, just after the last podcast, another shocking development occurred during the silly season. Ever popular Danny Ricardo, who has struggled at McLaren and has a contract with the team for 2023, is going to be replaced next year by F2 champion Oscar Piastri, who was uh, to be the heir apparent of the French team Alpine. I think that the silly season is going to involve a lot of legal shenanigans before all is settled. I didn't even realize that about Danny Ricardo, who is one of the more uh, popular and uh, personality-filled drivers on the Netflix show Drive to Survive, Rebecca. Seven, yes, Steve, the Mets clobbered the Braves over a five-game series. By the time you produce the podcast, I will have gone to the Mets at Braves on Monday, 8-15-2022. That was last night's game. Is today Tuesday as we record this? Today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay. Eight. Oh, man, I was off by three days. Just Eight. two. Baby report. Quiet so far. Nine. Steve, have you changed your typing such that you only space once at the end of a sentence asking for a friend? I have indeed. Typewriter typing had you doing two spaces after a period. Uh, in the modern age, digital uh, laptop, one space after the period, Rebecca. But so. if you do two, it automatically inserts the period for you. Well, by moving it back a space, I believe. Well, does it? I, uh, it's one space now. Two spaces is is uh, what you'll see if you look at a type, wow. typed letter from 1978 or something. I learned two when spaces. When I send emails, yeah. I still do two space after the uh, period. Well, uh, all the best, comma, Gary with two R's. And um, you know what? I'm looking at his viewer mails now. And he, uh, what is he doing? Is he doing two spaces after a period? Uh, I, 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 I believe not. Anyway, you have to go. We have to go. Um, for producer Denny Gallagher. Tom, Dick, Hari, play us out.
says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. It's day by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.